Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Deutschland Calcio. Um, we're just going to jump right into the action and start off with the um, recapping some of the best matches of the Bundesliga weekend. First, we're going to just jump in with, well, in my opinion, which was one of my favorites, Dortmund to Bayern 2. Yeah, I mean this 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 game was was insane. Um, it's it's it was a weird one though because Bayern Munich had not lost a game to, or hadn't dropped points to Dortmund since I believe 2018. Um, if you look at like at the squad that was assembled then and the ones that are now, totally different parallel worlds we're living in. Um, and obviously Bayern Munich had had got a couple scares over the years. Where Holland had scored two, two quick goals in the derby two years ago, and within two and within five minutes, Bayern were were uh, off to the races, and it kind of started that way. Um, obviously, a lot of pressure. Bayern Munich just picking up their first win in a month. They wanted to build on that um, away from home at Signal Duna Park against their uh, bitter rivals, while Dortmund. Some successive stuff going on in the Champions League, but they just uh, in the in the last I think month they've dropped points to uh, to Leipzig and Cologne. So this was this was really important um, for them as well, and it, it starts exceptionally well for 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 Bayern. I thought Dortmund played well, but they they were under pressure for most of the the first half, um, and then obviously. Um, um, the, a lot of the the main stage of of this matchup was Jamal Musiala, Jude Bellingham, that kind of uh, battle or dynamic. And um, as good as Jude was at portions of the game, um, it did seem like Jamal kind of stole the show, especially early. Um, he, Jude picked up some momentum in the second half, but he, he beautifully sets up uh, Goretzka, and then he sets up. Um, uh, Mane, sorry, not Sane, um, for a great goal. Um, both orchestrated by Musiala. Um, Bayern are, are really kind of in their element. They're pushing. And then with 20 minutes to go, they still have that sort of control. And then uh, here comes Dortmund. They get um, Mukuku, who always seems to score when it's important. Uh, their their young, youngster there gets the goal. And then at the very end, um, incredible scenes with um, I can't score any goals since moving Anthony Modest getting the the goal at the end, but a really uh, sublime uh, work from Schlatterbeck who kept the ball in, in the run of play um, c- cuts the ball inside. And then obviously um, not the best defending on Bayern Munich's uh, watch uh, gets the late goal. They steal a point, which for, for Dorman, it's, it, it has, it's the closest, they're probably going to get to a victory against this Bayern side, and I think they should be very, very pleased with their the result there. Bayern not so much, but Bayern did play uh, the uh, did dominate most of the game. Um, but you know, you just don't, never know what you're going to get um, in games like these. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was exciting and, and entertaining, and uh, from both ends with with some late drama. Um, whether Dortmund deserved a point or not is. Is up for debate, but they cut in and uh, and they got there in the end. Yeah, definitely. And just ladies and gentlemen, I probably won't be doing a lot of talking on this episode, but I'll do the best I can because since the weather's changed to where the atmosphere gets dry, I tend to get this winter cough that'll last until March. So right now it's like really getting started. So my throat is kind of like raw right now. So forgive me if I don't do a lot of talking, but I'll do the best I can. But yeah. Anyway, that match was an absolute banger. I mean, obviously, you had Bayern leading the most of the match, doing what Bayern do best in these scenarios. And then, obviously, you had the flip side where Dortmund had someone to prove against Bayern since they hadn't <clears throat> lost points or to the, hadn't gotten points or in quite some time from them. So since, like, you, as you said, 2018, that's a long time to go without 
really getting anything substantial from them. But the team that Dorman have now definitely showed that they can keep up with Bayern in certain instances. But I mean, Bayern, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that they're going to struggle against Dortmund, but they're going to have a little bit more of a harder time, at least this season, as everybody fully gets used to each other on the team. But, I mean, obviously, I, but it was a really good one to watch from start to finish. How full of intensity. Obviously, you had um, that fight during it, <clears throat> which shows how heated he this rivalry gets. Um, yeah, I went to a wrestling fight and a football match broke out, but that is a story for another day. But yeah, I mean, in general, it, it was fun, entertaining. You have Bayern continuing to still get points off of Dortmund despite losing those two extra points that we would normally see them getting because usually we're used to seeing them beating them. But it, this just shows how resilient Dortmund have become and how much harder they're going to work to get points in the future, even though both teams right now haven't been performing up to snuff lately. But for the most part, Dortmund definitely should not be upset with getting at least a point off their bitter rivals. And just for Bayern, I don't even know what's going on right now, but it's just not looking good for them at the moment. But they have gotten some wins here and there over the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, for, for Bayern Munich's uh, standpoint, it's unacceptable to throw away two goalie. That's just, that's just obvious. Um, but I don't think there should be long-term concerns about what Bayern Munich is, but it's just, it's just that. It's, I think it's just fixing up the, a little bit of the defensive mistakes that, that we see from them. Um, they have the right defenders there. They just they just need to eliminate uh, eliminate the, the little mistakes that they they occasionally make. And um, they have they have the right coach to to make sure that that is avoidable um, and, and to fix that. Um, Dorbin obviously are going to celebrate this like a Champions League final because uh, I think it was uh, Bayern had won nine in a row, um, and the last time they they didn't win was the was the game in twenty eighteen. Um, but the, th the three takeaways from the game is obviously sharpen up the defensive work. Again, just, just little stuff, and I think they'll be fine there. Um, number two, obviously, Dortmund still remains a mystery because they, they perform like this against Bayern, but then they don't show up to play in the game against Leipzig. They get beat by Cologne, um, and we can go back to the Warner Brennan game if you want to, the way they threw that away. But then they have some really – Really outstanding performances this season as well. Um, so they're they're a team that continues to be incredibly difficult to to figure out, and and I think that's a big one. Um, and then the last point I would make is again, I love Jude Bellingham. He's absolutely a fantastic player. He is um, amazing. He's he's the guy. He's awesome. But this the conversation with him, Jamal Musiala. And the reason they roped them together is because they were childhood uh, friends. They were in the Chelsea Academy together. One place for Germany, one place for England, et cetera, et cetera. One place for Bayern, one place for Dortmund. So, obviously, you're going to see a lot of links just because of that aspect. And as good as Jude is, this conversation is no longer um, valid, I think. After the performance, and it wasn't like Jude played bad, but but Jamal was the star of the show for Bayern. And, and he's scoring goals in the Bundesliga, in the Champions League, in every competition he's playing in. Most of Jude's most uh, critical work has been done in the Champions League, even though he's done pretty well in the Bundesliga as well. And th there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think the conversation between those two comparing them, is, I, th I think, has run its course. And I think it's, it's clearly Jamal is the better player. But Jude is better than... 97% of, of the young players in the world um, right now. But that the, putting them in on that stage together, you see the difference. And again, I, I say this with the utmost um, fascination and respect for Jude Bellingham, but I think uh, Jamal kind of ended that conversation and kind of veering towards the actual conversation here is, is Verts and Musiala. And obviously you can compare other young talents to Jude, but I think, I think Jamal separated himself a little bit. Again, and I and obviously I, I love Jude Bellingham, but but I think 
after that performance, I think it's it's clear that there's a bit of separation between the two. And for the for the best better of their careers, they shouldn't be put together and be um, compared the way they are. But I think the comparison that's currently being made is probably no longer valid after after what we've seen for the both of them. And again, love Jude, but but this conversation is over. Yeah, I agree. Um, you did mention Cologne, so let's just jump right into their match this weekend. Um, they were taking a, on my German preference, München Gladbach, who ended up winning this match 5-2. I was nervous for this match a little bit based on how close these two teams are in the table and how good that they've been performing as of late. So, in my opinion, at going into this match, this it was a toss-up of how this match could go. Even it could have ended in a draw because of how good these teams have been performing as of late. Um, obviously, it was Munchenglambach dominated most of this match while um, Cologne got points of dominance throughout. Um, obviously, we had... Great goal saving from Jan Summers yet again. Um, he did everything. Obviously, those two goals, it would have been very hard to save. But then you have the attacking side. It was just pretty much goal after goal every, like, I would say every 15 minutes or so, they were scoring something. And obviously, Cologne had their moments, but it wasn't enough to get the job done, but they did put up a valiant fight, which is says something about the quality of the Bundesliga in general. Like it's very competitive from the top of the table all the way down to the relegation battle. And overall, it was a very good win after the way Munchaglapa performed in the match last week. But obviously, as long as they continue to remain consistent, yeah, obviously, errors like last week is going to happen. That's normal with any team. But just long as they're able to kind of remain mostly consistent throughout the season, they should be okay. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they needed um, a performance like that. And, and they played badly last week. But as we have seen this season, they can, they're called, they can score Bremen for a reason. They can score. So there, there's a lot of teams that are going to have, be on the, on the, the wrong side of, of them doing what they do in the way they play and how they play and how aggressive they are. And they're going to punch you in the mouth sometimes. And unfortunately for last week, uh, Glogbach was on the wrong side of, of that exchange. But that's that's not going to be an uh, it's going to be an uncommon uh, it's going to be a common occurrence for a lot of teams playing in their house like that. So uh, again, bad performance. But here against Cologne, the Derby, um, they had not done well lately. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think Cologne had been unbeaten in five or six in a, in a row or a couple in a row. Um, so obviously, getting a, a big win like that against. Uh, Cologne is big. Cologne didn't play badly, though. I know you look at the score and, and you see a three-goal difference, but Cologne still showed their qualities, and it just um, it wasn't their day. And um, they'll bounce back and do well. And uh, Glockbach are going to try to get back on form uh, because they kind of slipped from the top side of this top part of the table. Um, but I think they're going to. This will be a good performance to energize them to to climb up. Can you repeat that? It kind of kinked out for a second. Uh, all, I, all I meant was, uh, uh, sorry, Glogbach going to take this performance and the way they played against Cologne arrival and the fact that they got these points now at the right time will um, motivate them to, to, um, to start climbing up the table. Because remember at the beginning of the season, they were in the, they were in the Bayern Union Berlin uh, Freiburg part of the table, and now they've kind of had some unfortunate results that slipped them down. I think this is the type of performance that can see them be motivated to 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 gain momentum upwards. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just nice to finally see Munchagladbach not have like the point where you're saying, 
they couldn't hit water if even if they were in a boat or something like that. <clears throat> but I mean, for the most part, they're they've improved, and I think it just stems from the management that they have now, like really working with this team on their accuracy and precision, especially from those close range areas, which kind of you see a lot of teams where they struggle in front of goal, but they can do well with like long range shots. But this team has really stepped up in both being able to fire those long range missiles along with being more precise in the front of the goal itself. So I would like to say the, to the management of Mujiglabak, great job for stepping it up and working with this team and getting them where they need to be. And it's a breath of fresh air compared to what we've seen from them over the past few seasons. Absolutely. That was their biggest issue. They seem to have fixed it. They do got some, some issues in the midfield, but at least they're finding the back of the net more regularly, which is an important thing. Let's see. We'll go with Leipzig 1, Mainz 1. Yeah, this is another unfortunate result for Leipzig because uh, – they're they got the the squad of the very good squad and they're not really assessing it in the league um but again this is a, this is a tough minds team that is in a european place at the moment and is going to continue to push it was uh leipzig still have what what's oh leipzig still have what's Leipzig still have the potential to climb the table and get back into the champions league but it seems like it's going to be a year long uh, ambition that they're going to try to chase down um, with the Bundesliga being open. It will it will give them opportunities to do that. Um, obviously, it wasn't a bad result for them necessarily. They didn't play badly, but um, they just they struggled to to play uh, to do well against teams that wear red. Union Berlin, Cologne, Mainz. <laughs> I just I just realized that um, they played pretty. Uh, Mainz did a great job of taking advantage of the of the opportunity. Obviously. Um, um, and Cuckoo rescues them in, in the end, uh, getting uh, getting uh, the point. Um, a point is better than none. And against a Mainz team, it's not the worst result in the world, but they do need to they need to be, be getting maximum points a little bit more regularly. But it, uh, it, it's just an unfortunate result for Leipzig. But I again, I do I really do rate Mainz and what they have done so far this season and last season. So this isn't a game that that's. You know, um, uh, sorry. Um, the point is, they need to be playing better, getting uh, maximum points, and so on and so forth. Sorry, I just lost my thoughts completely at the last second. Oh, that's a story. I mean, come on, it's normal for us ADHD people to lose our thoughts like that. Come on, it happens to be more uh, frequently. Don't worry about it. So you're I you're I not. Got- Sorry, not to give too much information. I got I got a text as I was thinking, um, and I just I just got I I just it just threw me off in the middle of my sentence. Oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, here, let's throw a scam call. Oh, oh, okay. It wasn't a scam call. I don't want to say what it was, but I, I'll t- I'll message you later. Um, but but yeah, just I just got a text. It just it just threw me off completely. Anyway, I get it. I get it, but yeah, I mean, Leipzig. This is a team that we, at the start of the season, even had in our like top five. Do I think they could finish on the top five? It is possible, but it, right now it's just a year, a year ambition right now because of how they've been performing. They haven't been up to their standards like we've seen from the them the past two, maybe three seasons where they've been really aggressive on the ball, also being able to play very well defensively, getting the ball back and setting up those counterattack situations, which they were known for. They just have, have had a hard time in like all, pretty much from top to bottom each week, whether it's like something small or, or like a, something extreme where they end up losing the match. But the minorist is, is they get some sort of points, but it's just not consistent enough. And then you have, um, oh, who was it? Stuttgart? No, Mainz. Okay. Yeah, but Mainz, I mean, has been performing very well despite the circumstances with them and everything. 
So, I mean, getting a point against Leipzig, who's been struggling, is huge for a team like Mainz. But, I mean, just they need to be worked. Leipzig just need to work on being more consistent and getting back to that form that we've seen from them. But right now, it's just looking like it'll be hard to finish in the top five. But do I think they could still pull it off? Absolutely. They just need to get back to being consistent and working very hard and be more aggressive with how they perform. No, agreed. Oh, yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this match probably would not have been watched unless I asked for recommendations. Obviously, this weekend, I finally had a chill day where I could watch football, do whatever the heck I wanted. So I had asked my podcast partner, I'm like, since you've been watching the, the football all week, which match do you recommend I watch next? And he says, what, what was it, Werder Brennan versus Hoffenheim? Yeah, I love the Friday Clash because I like the dynamic. Uh, again, I'm, I'm oddly obsessed with Werner Brennan this season, which is ironic because last year I called them the most irrelevant team in German football. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. I mean, That's not, cold. Not, not last year, the year before. Ugh. Because they were a team that wasn't anything. It wasn't like, you know, a team that's going to push for anything. It's not a team that's going to get relegated for most years. They're just a team that just happens to be there. They're just there. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't serve any type of purpose. That's what that's what Warren Brennan was. But, you know, even when they got relegated, they, they went down with the team that's very good. Because as, I, as I've said in uh, multiple years, uh, a, a lot, when when there's teams relegated in the Bundesliga, there's usually one that doesn't deserve to be, but it's just the unfortunate uh, thing with the league and its quality. So last year, Armenia BFL, considering that the weapons that they had, I thought it was a, it was unfortunate that they had to go down. Um, so Werner Brennan could have been that that um, two years ago. They have a good young coach. They built a team. Uh, with the right kind of pieces, they come up and then they just, um, you know, the question before the season was, all right, where are the goals going to come from? And the answer um, is basically everywhere. Um, and then you have a Hoffentime team. I, well, I'll talk about this further at some point, but I think they're very similar to Alonta uh, early. Uh, do you remember when Alonta was just dunking on everybody and scoring like 90 goals a season? And they just uh, said, "Fuck uh, defending, we're we're cool." So this is this is the this is the comparison that I, I think. So that Alonta, this team does not have a Duvan Zabata, does not have a Mario Pasalic, does not have a Papu Gomez, but they have a better goalkeeper. They have a a player that uh, Nicholas Stark in defense, who I really like. I think he's very good defensively. So I think they defend a little better. They have a better goalkeeper. They still score at a high volume. They just don't have the brilliant individuals that that Alanta uh, team under Gasparini had with, 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 yeah. Alanta is still a very good team in Italy now, but they're not the, the, that's not the style of play that they have. They're not like cut for the throw. We're going to, we're going to throw the kitchen sink. And that's exactly what they did. And then going up against Hoffenheim, voted Hoffenheim, who, um, not playing well at the moment, but who I thought were a little bit unlucky in this game, comes forward with great aggression. Um, with um, Baumgartner, um, uh, Georgina Rutter, uh, Dabur, uh, Sebastian Rudy, um, Dennis Grieger. So they're, they're loaded in, the, in attack. They're loaded in the midfield. They're loaded in defense. And I like Oliver Baumgartner a lot in goal. So uh, an interesting parallel of how can – because what we've seen, um, um, Bremen beat the brakes off people. But are they, will they be able to play that way? The question has been – against a better team. Now, Hoffenheim is a better team. Um, and they, I don't know if we got really got our answer. We, we, the answer I have come up with is maybe <laughs> because they played well. They started off with Nicholas Fulkrug, who was, who was leading the Bundesliga in goals this season, which is fucking crazy. Um, scores a great goal on a counter. Um, and then, but then, because of their attacking nature, they get caught out with Hoffenheim. When they have their, uh, they push too many people forward. Hoffenheim gets basically gets a uh, gets the ball, steals the ball, and it's four or five passes all the way into the box uh, without much hesitation. And then 
Dabura kind of uh, a little dunk over the keeper to tie it. Very, very competitive game. Second half, Hoffenheimer, the better team by far um, for, for large stretches of that second half. I think the there's the first chance that Bremen had in the second half was in the 69th minute. They had a few chances at the end, but Hoffenheim was basically um, scavengering the goal. Um, they hit the post twice. I thought they were very unlucky. And then obviously a late penalty brings uh, – uh, I forgot who it was. I think Marvin Dukas was brought down. And then uh, Nicholas Fulkrug, uh, um converts at the end. It was a penalty. Um, and they – for the for a, for a day they were in the they were they were in the Champions League spot. They're, I think they're in fifth now. Hoffenheim losing this, I think, is going to motivate them because they really didn't deserve to to lose a point. I'm not saying they deserve maximum points, but they certainly didn't deserve to to lose the type of points um, uh, that they got. But but that's the the nature of the game. And late penalty wins it for for Bremen, and I'm happy for Bremen. And I think it's awesome that they're they're doing they're over shooting their coverage. And the reason I think I like them is they're very Alanta-like. And I really like that Alanta side. And it's, 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 they're very similar, but also quite different because Alanta had the better players. But I think um, Bremen has key players in areas where Alanta didn't. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic. But again, Hoffenheim deserved to win this game properly. Um, I don't know. I, I felt bad for Hoffenheim, but it was it was an amazing finish with with a uh, with a late winner from the spot, nonetheless. But still, but yeah, I mean, you're right. <clears throat> this is one of the best matches of the weekend. I mean, it was pretty much back and forth during certain spots, but obviously you had Hoffenheim, who definitely dominated in most of this match. Obviously, they get the first goal, and that really set things ablaze during this match. Um, then you have Werder Bremen also getting that equalizer. And then you're like, it could have got, you didn't know which way it was going to go, but it looked like it would have been Hoffenheim getting it based on how dominant they were. But obviously they get that penalty drawn on them for Bremen, <clears throat> which is then converted. But I mean, I thought you're right. I do feel bad for Hoffenheim, who should have won based on how they're, how strong they were throughout this match. But Werder Bremen, who I actually will be starting to look at that more closely, seeing that Atalanta kind of like dynamic that you have been speaking of more closely. But you're right. They do have that kind of like um, play style that that team, Atalanta team did. And obviously, you get they get the equally equalizer. It wins it for them. So, but I mean, obviously, it sucks for Hoffenheim who had done so well throughout the match. But it just that penalty cost them the the points in the end. But overall, it was a very great match from start to finish. And yeah. let's. See. All I was going to say is, just for context, they have scored with 20, 20 goals this season. The only team with more goals scored is Bayern Munich. So they're, the, they're probably the most entertaining team to watch at the moment in Germany. Yeah, definitely. And then the last match we're going to talk about in the Bundesliga before moving on to some Champions League stuff that you're going to – let's see. Who what was it? Boca – no, wait. Yeah, Hoffen Boca. Yeah, Bochum v. Right, who do they play? I forgot. Uh, uh, Frankfurt. Um, Frankfurt. Frank, Frankfurt, yeah. I, I think it's important to mention this because uh, Bochum are, were sitting at the bottom of the table coming into this game, and it was their best performance of the season. They, they were in control. They dominated, and even though Frankfurt pushed back a little bit at different moments, um, they were sitting down there with nothing. And now they get those three points, and again, this would be a pretty remarkable uh, survival if they were to pull this off, but all they need is that one point because, or that the, the first one of the season. Because remember, first two games of the season, they are beaten. Their first game, they 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 get beaten late against Mainz with 15 minutes to go. Second game of the season, they go two goals up on Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim reverses that and goes into the half with with a with it tied up, and then they they win it at the end. So they 
their first three games were beaten late, beaten late, crushed by Bayern. <laughs> so it's hard to build any sign of confidence in your team or momentum in your team on the back of that type of vibe. And they've just taken L's pretty much ever since. They got, they got a draw earlier this season where they didn't have a shot in the whole game. So that's kind of showing the levels of, of stuff that we're seeing from them. And obviously, that's, it's an unfortunate thing. But then they, they, they put together a great performance against a Frankfurt team that's been playing very well lately. That's, that's marching up the table. I think they were coming into this game. They were in fifth. Um, so that only shows the levels uh, that they had to go through to, 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 to get the points. And I think it's, it's, a, it's great that Bochum, Bochum finally got off the ground. I do think they're still probably going to go down. But, but they give themselves a chance because they're not for the first time this season. They got a little bit of confidence with them. And, and hopefully they can go on and, and, and get, get some points down the road. Uh, but it, uh, it's going to be a very interesting um, dynamic. And I hope they can, can build on it and start getting points because – I think it'll be better for the league if if they start picking up points and it makes it more interesting at the bottom. Yeah, I agree. It was nice to finally see Bochum get their first win of the season. Obviously, you're right. When you get crushed in the first late in the first two matches, and then you get beaten like a scalded dog. Oops, sorry, Peter. Don't come after us. But by Bayern, who Obviously, Bayern's going to destroy any bottom side. Um, but, I mean, it's just nice to finally see that they were the most dominant in this match, especially up against a team like Frankfurt, who has had success finishing near the European spots or in the European spots in general. Um, they also won but, four or five going into the game. Oh, Wow. They even had all the momentum going into it too. I mean, getting points up against that a team such as Frankfurt is huge, and hopefully this does give them the momentum they need to make things really juicy and interesting at the bottom of the table. Do I think they get relegated? Yeah, I would hope not, but it is possible. But Obviously, with the first one of the season, they could take that momentum and just run with it and maybe pull off the upset or the one of the escapes of the year. And, I mean, but it's really nice to just finally see them getting those first points of the season, which could set the tone for, the re for them the rest of the season now that they have some sort of motivation behind them. So we'll just see what occurs with that. Oof. All right. Um, I know. I know your voice is is a little bit shaky, but I, I just need. Uh, but I, I. But but just just for I just I just want to hear your take on. Um, you guys. Uh, obviously, this game was fucking bananas. Inter Inter v Barcelona. You know, Javi in in the in the uh, crying in the car um, after the first play. Don't make me laugh right now. Don't make me Sorry. laugh. Yeah, let me get a sip of water and then I'll get into it. With the hypocrisy of his statement from the from the refereeing decisions from last week, again, if you if you if if you if you deserve to win the game and you get screwed, okay, complain. I did against Atlanta. I didn't in some other games. If you played, if you didn't, if you were outplayed, and if you if you're outplayed, then shut the fuck up. Full stop. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And then. Uh, the hypocrisy I'm referencing is 2009 Barcelona ver versus Chelsea. It is one of the most corrupted games in uh, in the history of the Champions League. Um, and Xavi was a member of Barcelona who benefited from horrible officiating. So he's the last person that should be saying anything about uh, about injustices, about refereeing decisions. That's all I'm saying. Um, but then obviously there's, so there's a lot of momentum coming into this game and and it was just it was just wildfire, you know. Uh, Dembele, then it was Barella, then it was Lataro, then it was Gozens, uh, then it was uh, Lewandowski, then it was I don't even remember <laughs> Lewandowski again to 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 earn a throw three. But major advantage to you guys, I mean, because this your last game is against Pilsen, theirs is against Bayern. So if Bayern get a point from their game, if, if, if Bayern draw with Barcelona, 
and you beat Pilsen, you go through. If if Barcelona, if Bayern beat Barcelona, you go through. If they beat Bayern and you beat Pilsen, you go through. So there's like four or five pathways for you to get out of this group of death, which is incredible. And and remember, I said that you would get out of the group of death. Um, but after all, all that happened that first leg coming into the second leg, you get this crazy result. Um, obviously, three points would have almost guaranteed it. But you get this result. Robert Lewandowski comes to save them at the end. But but you guys are, are on pathway. And again, not over until it's over. But you're you're in a space where you're you're likely going to qualify, and obviously, performing like that uh, against uh, against Barcelona is obviously also huge. Well, obviously, last week I hit overtime at work, so I wanted to be off the clock early today. Just one to avoid potentially risk run not run the risk of hitting overtime because my company stingy has f so i wanted to get off the clock for that and number two i wanted to get home just in time for this match so i was lucky, lucky enough to f- watch this in real time and you're right it was insane in the membrane y'all i mean first you had Dembele getting things primed and ready to go for barcelona they, obviously, there were points throughout this match where it was like you saw dominant spurts from each team in certain spots throughout the match, so it was very e- evenly matched in certain areas. Um, then you have Nicolo Barella equalizing things, and everybody's losing their mind. And then I think it was giving us the 2-1 lead, actually. Well, Lotaro scored the. Ah, by the way, that was a fucking amazing goal. Where he hit, he comes in, hits, mean, man, hits, the, hits one post, hits the other post, and goes in. Lotaro made it, uh, made it two one, and then it was Lewandowski. Then it was goes, and then it was Lewandowski again. But I mean, it was just back and forth. Obviously, I'm sitting there like, come on, let's go, <laughs> and I'm like. I, I started hearing the different scenarios from my intergroup chat. I'm like, we actually could do, we if, hopefully Bayern do what they need to do and beat Barca. And we just need to be Victor Pilsen and we're out of the group stage. Especially after how, Inter, I'm sorry for being overly harsh. It's just that I get worried about you sometimes. I'm like that worried stepmother. But I mean, just seeing them finally having seeing the different avenues that they can get to make it out of the group of death is huge. And I mean, but just overall, very fun match to watch in general. Um, but we'll see what happens in the last um, matches for each. Obviously, I think we still have to play Bayern again, but we're not going to get points from that. But wait. Wait, do you, wait, how many games are left? I thought there was there's two, right? Wait. Wait, no. Oh, no, actually I I messed up. You have your last game is Bayern. Crap, I, I just I just realized it. Um because have you played Pilsen twice? Not yet. Okay, so there's Pilsen. There's but so Pilsen basically Bayern need business. to be Bayern need to be Barca. I think that's their next match or something. And then we need well, to be Pilsen. Wait. Then you would play Pilsen. So I think they yeah. play Bayern. And then you, yeah, sorry. You play Pilsen twice. <laughs> so you pl- they play, uh, uh, they have to beat, uh, Bayern will, um, has to beat Barcelona. And, no, sorry, you have to take, hold on. You have to beat Barcelona. Or you have to get something from Bayern or, Whatever, and then pills and plays bars. So that's a little bit more. Um, well, I'm, no, they have to. Sorry, I'm confused. I'm really confused now. Bar, Barca too. and and Bayern have 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 one game left against each other, because they've only played. Yeah, sorry, you play pills and they play Bayern. So my original hypothesis was correct. Um, yes, because right. at the very end, we all know that it'll be either. Obviously, Barcelona going to the Europa League at that point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyway, so that's hey, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to deliver Barcelona to you guys. I'm sorry. 
So I think yeah, because they haven't played in Spain yet. So so it'll be it'll be Bayern, it'll be Barca and and um, and Bayern. You play Pills in a second time. Um, so if you win and Bayern gets you, Bayern gets either maximum points or a point. I think if if they get beaten, then then maybe there's I, I don't know, but but there's a very good chance that you qualify as the point. And, and it's great. And um, obviously Robert coming up with two clutch goals when he needed to. We're also doing game lights out for for Barcelona, um, and I I desperately want them to their corrupt uh, football club to be in the Europa League. Um, they might win it, but they they they, uh, they don't deserve to be in a uh, a team of, uh, of a, a, a in the round of sixteen. Just because, anyway. <laughs> oh dear me! All right, real quick. Uh, Chelsea, um, Chelsea, uh, AC Milan part two, uh, a bad red card decision to start. Um, and, uh, and then Chelsea were ba- uh, basically in, in full control. Um, I think it was not a penalty and I don't think it was a foul either. So it was very, uh, tragic decision, um, from the referee. And then they score momentum shifts and then Obama, uh, uh, Obama who, Obama what? <laughs> Obama blood caught Yang scores the um <laughs> I will get all this podcast if you make me laugh right, right now. Um so he scores he scores the second and obviously Chelsea kind of just ride out to, to the points necessary. Um and uh AC Milan are, are now I believe in third in their group. Um so that's difficult and especially how uh it went, but they did they did not show up in the previous game. If they show up in the previous game, um, then they, then this isn't as big of a deal. But they didn't, and even despite what happened, they still didn't play that well. So, um, yeah. So uh, AC Milan in a little trouble in their Champions League with the, with another defeat to to uh, Grand Potter's Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, my boyfriend said, "Who the who and what the heck are AC Milan?" I'm like, "Don't make me laugh right now. Come on." But obviously, I don't think it was a red card either. But very harsh from the referee on that one. And then obviously you have Chelsea <coughs> getting the first goal, doing what is needed to get things started off for them. And then you had a bummy young Maya. He Maya. Oh, okay, I'm gonna stop or else I'm gonna make myself laugh. But. And then you see him get his goal, and then pretty much they kept up the pressure on AC Milan after that red card situation. And it was pretty much the thing that set the tone for the rest of the match for Chelsea, and obviously they win 2-0. Obviously, there's a, a lot of craziness going on in their group stage right now, but do I think AC Milan will still make it out? Possibly. But we'll just see how the rest of the matches go for them. But it was just an unfortunate situation. But I do not think it was a red card at all. Yeah, not a red card, not a foul. But, you know, Chelsea have done well um, in the last couple of games. So, so it's good that they're, they're, they're back on track. AC Milan needs to beat, uh, I, I think, that Zagreb. So I think that's winnable. I, I actually don't remember who they play, but, but one of those other two teams, um, obviously. All right, uh, Shalom, um, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv beat Juventus. Uh, 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 but and also, who the heck is Juventus right now? Like they have not been doing well in the Champions League and the league. Obviously, <coughs> obviously, we have our boy Nico, who's saying. Yay! Practicing for when they sack Allegri. We know that's not going to happen based on how much he's... He knows they can't. That's why it's funny. Yeah, so it's like you're stuck with Allegri for a while, so suck it up, Buttercup, but it's just an unfortunate situation for them. Like, they're not... I don't think... I I don't know where they are in their group stage. They're in third, and they... uh... They have uh, PSG next, so Ooh. unless something remarkable happens, they're going to be, um, yeah. They're toast. Yeah, they are. With strawberry jam. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. One thing after the other with Juventus right now. Um, the tactics of Allegri is not working anymore. Obviously, he's a stubborn old mule who doesn't know how to adapt for to save his life. I mean. He has adapted in certain matches, but not every single match. It's basically the same formula, which is costing them dearly. I mean, if he was playing more attacking instead of his defensive style of football, it would definitely change the dynamic of everything. But it's just until they change that, that he changes his formula, you're basically screwing your your team over because their oh, Juventus is known for being a balanced team in both attacking and defensive aspects. And you're seeing more of the defensive aspects instead of the attacking, which is causing them not to get any, not not as many goals as we're used to seeing from them, which is causing them the most points. Yeah. But, go ahead. Sorry. But, ho- but hopefully they keep this up because we're loving it. Yeah. It's the thing is defensive football can work. But two, four defensive football to work, you had to create one change with your striker, just one, because <laughs> we know Vladovic is is a is a surgeon in front of goal when he gets time and space to score, and he's not giving him a te- he's not doing anything with his team to get him the ball where he can score, and I think that's that's basically the big problem. So you want to defend all you want, it's, it's perfectly fine with me. Do 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 your thing, brother, but. If you're going to play defensive football, you have to at least formulate a chance for some for one of your players. Now, Atletico Madrid is struggling at the moment, but at least what we see in Diego Simeone's team um, is he he's, his his teams his attackers still have opportunities to cash in. Ju- Juventus don't have opportunities to do that. So, you again, criticism does deserve to be thrown in Atletico's direction, but at least in comparing these two. At least, Maratta, Felix, uh, Carrera, uh, Griezmann—those players have opportunities to score goals. They're just not in good form at the moment. Where Allegri is not even giving opportunities for his guys to 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 go out and get it. Um, all right, real quick. Napoli beat um, beat Amsterdam again. This time in Naples, Raspadori, four goals in five games in Champions League. Absolutely cooking. Kavara uh, Kavara from uh, from Georgia still. Looking like the, the just an amazing player, and and Ajax, even though they have a good team, are not at the level that they they have been the last couple of years. And uh, it they they are going uh, they're going to go to the round of sixteen. They've never qualified out of the round of sixteen, but at least they're, they're, they're probably going to win the group, um, depending what happens in Liverpool. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's I think it's it's good for the league. Um, yeah, I actually don't have a problem with them doing well in Europe. I just don't want them to win the league um, because if, you, if they win in Europe, it's like a representation of Italy. I don't believe that philosophy, but a lot of people do. So I don't have a huge in- inherent problem with them doing well in Europe. I just don't want them to win the league. Um, but they're, 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 they've done a tremendous job, and it's hard to ignore what, what they've done this season. And another example of that with a big win um, at home against uh, Ajax. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely 100% agree. Very good look so far for Napoli with how well they've been able to dominate both the Champions League and the league itself. Um, Obviously, you have Raspadori, who's cooking up some uh, spicy Italian meatballs and pasta. Mamma mia. But, I mean, oh, God, why the hell do I do this to myself? But, yeah, I mean, he's doing great. The kid from Georgia is doing amazing. I mean, just overall, they've been doing very well across all competitions. And uh, not going to lie, I wouldn't mind seeing Napoli win the Champions League, but I obviously I don't want to see them win the league. Because I, I, it's like... Because we all know how what's going to happen if they do. They're the keyboard warriors. They're already, they're already tweeting at Roma fans about Roma. This is what the round of 16 looks like. Hey, Napoli, this, is, this is what the Champions League final looks like. This is what the Champions League semifinal looks like. This is what the Champions League uh, quarterfinals look like. I know you're, you can't relate because you know, you don't, you've never got out of the round of 16. That's my only problem uh, with Napoli. Just shut the fuck up, dude. 
you're, yeah. you're doing well. Fair enough. You're doing well in the league. Fair enough. Haven't won since 86. Um, fair enough. You're you're doing amazing in the Champions League. Fair enough. But it's it's like I don't know. It's 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 like we we end up in their in their brain rent free for no reason whatsoever. Enjoy your own success. Be happy for yourself. You don't need to be mentioning Roma when you're when you're achieving things. Uh, but anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> At least charge them like a dollar or something. At least so you're making some money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay with them doing one in Europe. I just don't want them to do one in the league for – because, yes, Roma and Napoli is a rivalry. It's not a, a, group, a big rivalry. I, I guess it kind of is, but the rivalry really with that is the fans more than the clubs because I think the clubs have great respect for each other. So that's the reason yeah. I don't want them w- winning the, the league, but I'm okay with them going deep in the Champions League. I, won't, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Now, if they start, if they start looking like they're going to win the league, I'm going to have a problem with that. But, so it's a, it's a different kind of mental space for, uh, for me as an opposing uh, a fan, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, it, overall, it's a good look for Italy right now, especially with the reputation that Serie A's had in the past in European competitions and just even trying to attract the neutral viewer as well. It just hasn't been where it used to be. I don't and think there's a problem with that now, though. Since the start of the, the start of season was bad, but since then, we there. I don't think there's been a week of Serie A in the last month that was bad. So I think the neutral viewer has come back for, for seconds. Well, I mean, at least in the general from, like, the past few seasons, so I should have been more clear with that. But, no, you're fine. You're fine. But I mean, just very good luck for the um, league right now, especially we since we've been needing that strong uh, presence in the Champions League for a while. But I mean, overall, great job. Uh, keep it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we want to see more teams win in Europe as a whole. Um, there's only one. There's only one team that's won in Europe in the last decade. Oh, and it's, it's, it's us, but you know. Um, and, and so, in the last ten years, all we've seen is we got we saw Roma win last year, and we saw Inter win in 2010. Nothing since we saw Juve to get two Champions League finals, but but unfortunately, come up against MSN and three Pete um, uh, uh, Real Madrid. So it's 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 a little mental, but but um, hopefully we'll see more success coming out of here. Um, soon but you know i even think you guys getting out of the group if, if you're able to is a big um is a, is a big positive thing for Serie A too considering the other teams that are in that group um yeah so on and uh, one last thing i want to touch on and um is uh Shakhtar Donetsk um obviously we know Ukraine has gone through a very difficult time in their country um mm-hmm. very difficult time with the club or the clubs in general in the Ukraine, um, them being able to um, to return to the Champions League and do their thing is, has been great. Them being able to to show what they can do. Um, they've played very well in the games that they have played. They beat RB Leipzig easily in that first game, and then they just got a point against Real Madrid, and they almost beat them. And if it wasn't for Rudiger's sacrifice, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was basically – a death wish is what he was running into. Um, but for them just to get a point from Real Madrid, the European champions, I think is a huge moment for the country and, and what they're going through. And, you know, football is is so big and it's so important for, for large parts of the world. And I think that moment in itself will give the people some kind of hope. But by the way, so if, if you don't know what I'm referring to with the Rudiger thing, they were winning in the 90th minute. They had like corner Rudiger, the, the goalkeeper and Rudiger, Rudiger's running into the box um, to, to get on the header, the goalkeeper's coming out at the same time. Rudiger knows that if he gets ahead of this ball, he's going to be laid the F out. There's going to be blood pouring it down his face. But because Rudiger is such a warrior, he still went for it, got his goal, and looked like someone stabbed him to death <laughs> afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Like, now I know what you're talking about. I saw a little – Did um, you see it? I saw that. I didn't see like the actual video, but I did see the photo of him having the blood on his top. Oh, and then the like guy holding the gauze up against his head because of the blood. I'm like, now that's hardcore football. <laughs> yeah, no, go go watch it because even I'm sh- having shivering down my legs. 
that's how unco- I, that's how uh, squeamish I got when I saw it. Um, so he comes, he comes, and he just gets again. The goalkeeper shouldn't have done that. He probably should have got at least booked. Um, but he comes into that situation knowing he's going to be laid out, and he just you see him on the ground with blood everywhere, and it was it was gruesome. But that's what you want out of a a Real Madrid center back is the doing this for the team for winning games and to get a point again it's it's unfortunate that um that the the that Shaq Tarsh couldn't go gun all three but i have to i have to give it up to Rudiger for for the ballsy mentality to to go and get it um former Roma boy as well so i think that's that was absolutely courageous and and amazing uh, but unfortunately it it, it gives gives them a point because if if the if if Shakhtar would have won, I think it would have been beautiful. But but considering what he went through to get to that moment, I think it's it was important um, for his team and stuff. And it was totally respect that. Yeah. Um, by the way, grew just gruesome. Speak for yourself. I watched that match wrestling for crying out loud. I was speaking and, for myself. Yeah. So I I live for the sight of blood, so I'm good, <laughs> and I'll be seeing yeah, more blood. In it. That's why. That's why I asked if you had seen it because I, I assumed that you would have uh, you'd have seen it. But but you should see it if if you're if you're into that. I'm not, so I'm not going to watch it again. But I I don't because I don't need to watch it again because it's in my head right now. I have to go definitely go find the clip of it because now that I have to see how interesting that was. It's like the sacrifice fly in baseball, but I mean. You're right. It would have been nice to see Shakhtar get all those points, especially with what's going on in their country at the moment. And just so you know, we are with you guys in the Ukraine. We support you and we love you. And just put this dude down, please. And um, but I mean, football, we've learned, especially like when I started with Bradley Lowry. Football is more than just a color during scenarios such as this. And like I said, it's nice to finally see them being able to go participate with their clubs again right now and participate in the Champions League when it could have been no more Ukrainian football. But the, the teams are giving their country some sort of hope, which football usually does for a lot of people. And so... Sorry, right. I didn't mean to cut you off. Because Shakhtar, if they don't, I, I don't think they're going to be. They're they're within distance of qualifying for the round of uh, sixteen. But if they don't, and we see Barcelona, Milan, uh, Sevilla, all these big boys again. All, all, I've said this before. It's fucking stupid that they allow people losers to drop into another competition because they couldn't win. I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, but if 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 we get all these big boy teams in the Europa League this season. With Shakhtar, I, I want to see Shakhtar beat all of them win, and win the Europa League. I think that would be the that would be one of the the, mo- the most beautiful stories in football. I actually, on the other hand, would sacrifice my boys inter just so they can go through. I, I am more the other the same because I know we're not going to fucking win it with these fucking big boys being dropped in. Like literally, I would sacrifice inter being in the into the Champions League fi- round of sixteen. Just so Shakhtar could go. Yeah, I said it, guys. Don't kill me. But then again, I have a nice heart. So, but yeah, I mean, just well, hopefully they're able to get those extra points in the next two matches and make it into the round of 16. But it's going to be hard with who's in their group. But I think that's actually not the best thing because in the round of 16, they're 100% getting knocked out immediately. If If they drop down to the Europa League, Despite the teams that are in there, I think it would they would look at that as an opportunity to actually do something historic. Because if they qualify, and again, I'd love for them to qualify, but at the same time, I would rather see them doing something historic than going out in the in the first possible. Because the thing is, as as good as they have, and they have a they have this young player who's very very good, who's going to be playing for a top club soon. If they go to the Champions League, they're 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 going up against teams they they won't be able to beat over two legs. In the Europa League, they will match up with teams that that they probably could find a way through. So if they make it the Europa League, I think they could actually maybe win the competition, considering what what the the spirit of the of Ukraine will 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 be inside of them and them wanting to, to go big. I would rather them go there than qualify for the Champions League and, and a story not 
have only one chapter because we don't know what's going to happen. Europe, the Europa is going to be tough because of the big teams, but with the, the spirit of the Ukrainian people, I think they could do something remarkable. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, me too. Is there any other Champions League matches that you had on your list that you want to discuss briefly? Um, all right, and I'm not going to say this. Uh, I'm going to say something, but I'm going. To, I'm not going to explain it until Friday. I believe Erling Haaland has become um, not fun to watch anymore. I do not think he's an entertaining player to watch anymore. He was at Dortmund. He's not at Man City. And next week on this ep- on the next episode, I will explain why. Fair enough. Um. Just normally I would do the donkey and the player, no, but we're good. we're good. We don't need to. Do but anything. today I can't. So we'll see you guys on the next one.